As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Welcome to the Film Vault, everyone. That's Anderson. I'm Brian Bushbury, host for today. Gonna flick fast and clean up the vault, as it were. Uh, a couple of movies I saw recently that I haven't gotten to yet. Uh, one assigned movie that uh, to- opened my eyes, took me a surprise, learned me, learned me a thing or two. Travis Barry assigned us that one. That's right. And a classic episode coming your way after this. <clears throat> yeah, later this week. Uh Unless you're a Patreon member, then you'll be getting that uh, in this same episode. It'll be coming up right after this. And it's a, a, a classic episode from over 10 years ago, just over 10 years ago. Where are you right now? Where am I right now? I'm in yeah. Panama. I'm hoping that I'm in the Darien Gap, um, foraging my way through the most dangerous spot in the world. Why is it dangerous? The Darien Gap is the one spot. I, I talked a lot about this on the After Disaster just last night, but it's the one spot where um, it's like 60 miles, 56 miles exactly of uh, no... Highway, no oh, roads. Oh. It's just jungle, and oh it's my. what separates um, Central America from South America. Though. Oh, so in between Panama and uh, Colombia, and I'm, I'm. The wife doesn't know yet, but my goal is to uh, take Atticus down there for a, a little adventure. Sure, to sell him. Yeah, people well, praise him. I guess there's a lot of rebel forces that hide out in there. Um, <laughs> this a lot feels of, dangerous. A lot of drug deal, uh, deals uh, occur. A lot of migrants are coming up from South America trying to make their way to North America. I've heard about this caravan kidnapped for years. and uh, kidnapped and 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 uh, butchered, bartered, bartered, sold. Yeah, so it's it's considered one of the most. It's a, kind of a no argument. It's the most dangerous place in the Western Hemisphere, at least. And it's called the Darien Gap, and I'm, I'm very exciting. excited. Very excited to see it. Wow, I'm gonna send pictures. I was gonna wait until Atticus was seven, but I'm like, fuck it. He's you know he's six and a half. Yeah, he can see this. Close shit. enough. Yeah, let's go. I got. Don't worry, guys. If you're concerned, I'm gonna put him in his. Uh, he's got some camouflage. Oh, perfect. The shorts and the yeah, shirt. Yeah. We'll just make sure he's got cash in hand so he can do some human trafficking. Oh, that's right. I'm not teaching him that bad stuff that's going on. I'm just trying to show him the the, the beauty, all right? Yeah, Let's yeah, not get carried away. The he's not old enough to show him the, the way of ways of the rebels yet. <laughs> the flora and the fauna. The flora and the fauna. The birds, the bees. Oh, no. Oh, I'm not no. going to talk about birds and bees. But Now, the Darien Gap, I am hoping to, to, to sneak a peek out the window of this Darien Gap that I've been reading about and knowing about for, for quite some time. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to see it from our plane. Because we're, la- we're landing in Panama City. And uh, the Darien Gap is five, a five-hour drive from Panama City. So. Okay. How far so. away do you think we are from our kids asking us, you know, the birds and the bees? Because Tessa just yesterday asked uh, Christy if she could ask her doctor to uh, give, uh, put a, a little sister or little brother for Tessa inside of her belly. Hmm. So I feel like we're on the precipice. I mean, 
you can, I mean, what, how does she think they get there right now? The doctor puts it in. The doctor puts yeah. it in. Okay, well, you just go Dr. With that. Bishop. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Dr. Is it like a hot doctor? <laughs> That's a female doctor, so it'd be tough. Is she watching anything's, that? Anything's possible these days. Is she watching that show with Dr. McDreamy and with your, with your wife, and she sees the eyes of the doctor? Oh, no, you know, it's, it's, doctor's uh, getting it's, from it's Charlie Day's doctor. I mentioned it. Charlie Day's doctor? Oh, yeah. what are you doing? You're the grossest human being. I, I come in contact with on a weekly basis. You really are. Every chance you get to do something gross like that. It's so gross. Who cares? What the fuck? It would never... Charlie Day's doctor. Like, well, that's what I like to say he goes to our doctor. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bri, bri. Okay. Let's, so gross. So disgusting. How did you even find that out? Like, how would you... Are you oh, rooting would, through, like, would files? You like, would you like to know? He was just in the waiting room, and you're like, oh, you must uh, have the same doctor as me. This would, is of note. Would you like to know? How many I, people I, have I you told? told? I've... Well, via this podcast, dozens. Very good. Um, uh, no, I told the story before, but uh, the doctor uh, has a uh, huge collection of like birth announcements right on her wall uh, in various frames, you know, mosaics, you know. I understand how. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, they're all in all of our waiting rooms, and we spend a lot of time waiting. So I'm looking at these, you know, That's pictures what and whatever, for. and I'm like, yeah. oh, little Aiden and Braden and. Kim. Oh, I get, I get, yeah, yeah. yeah and I Jayden. look, and I'm like. I know that guy because it says like you know these things say like you know Joe and Jenny are excited mm -hmm. to announce the birth I understand how these and things so work and so it said Charlie and whoever his wife is and I was like his I wife is the waitress is she? Yes. yeah oh, real? oh I didn't recognize her oh Brian you could be you could have been oh dude you fucked up because you could be telling everyone that uh, Charlie Day and the waitress I know doctor is your doctor I didn't you know what because if I remember oh, correctly they were failure. like sitting in a field or something or sitting on a she was in Fool's Paradise. She was the uh, makeup, mm -hmm. hair and makeup. One of the one of the three. Yes. That's how I found out. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good, Brian. I'm thoroughly disgusted. Let's move on. You asked. Became very bored immediately there. Good, good pod. You know what I miss is you. I am bored. I, I almost and busted it out right immediately there. ask and then, and then immediately <laughs> pivot. I'm bored. Yes. Almost happened. Okay. What do you want to start I, with? I, I'm, I'm reeling because I don't know his wife's name and I, I shouldn't. It's I not it's that big of a waitress. deal. Not that big of a deal because you know she's not like a household name, but I would like to have had her name uh, on the tip of my tongue. And it's, not, it's not even on in the back of my throat. It's nowhere. Mm. It's not not in my brain anywhere. I know I've heard it once or twice. And guess what? IMDb continues to fuck me. It's so bad. It's so bad. They've fallen off. What's going on, IMDb? Get a better server. Okay, let's go. Hey, if you would like to be a part of my ongoing project that uh, is about a month in now to production. Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth. Thank you very, very much. Uh, uh, it's called Loaded for Bear. Uh, we're making a documentary that is uh, uh, very, very interesting and meta and goes right, right along with the um, feature narrative that uh, we are hoping to produce and uh, raise money for. And we're looking to attach actors as early as this week. And this is all going to be a part of the documentary right. if you'd like to be a part of it. Um, loadedforbear.doc.com is where you go to read about it. We have essentially like a pitch deck on there. Uh, it's a version of a pitch deck. We have a separate pitch deck if you would like that. I will email it. you a pitch deck I'll if you it. would like to see our actual pitch deck. Mm -hmm. And uh, a little video of me on there uh, going on and on. And then uh, also it takes you to entertainment to affect change. Which I know it makes you uncomfortable to ask. Yes, is, is the answer. Okay. And uh, and you can uh, become a part of this uh, really fun journey that we're all on. And it's uh, it's a great cause. And uh, it's from what I understand from CPAs and lawyers, uh, anything that you contribute to this project, you can write off because it is a 501c. Three. 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 You know what? And talking to uh, 
to, to, to Nick today. How's my buddy Nick? Your buddy Nick is good. He's our fiscal sponsor. Does who he runs me? Entertainment to Affect Change. Uh, he called it a 501c. Just left it at that a couple of times. So I think if you're cool and you got the lingo down, you don't need the three part. Okay, it's it's like interesting. No. I know there's five hundred one c fours. It's kind of like old people saying, "No, what's the site again?" It's www dot what? Right? We you can just drop that. that. Yeah. Or in uh, Spider Verse, they said uh, ATM machine. Yes, that was one of the first fun jokes. Why does everyone call it a machine? Well, it's right there in the title, automated telling machine. Right there in the end. And then it came up again with the uh, TT later, which IT. Oh, right. that was that was very redundancy good. is uh, is a recurring theme. It's a recurring theme. Hey, hey, it's all about the multiverse with some redundancy right. galore. Yeah. So maybe that's why they were leaning Genius. into those jokes. Or maybe like it's a happy accident. You like it better now? I love the fucking movie. Get off my back. All right, let's uh, let's talk. Let's let's talk some uh, flick fashion. Do we have any crossover beyond just the one that was signed to us? Smashing machine is the only one that uh, we're going to line up on here. Well, we'll get there. The smashing. Machine. I'm going to flick fast a movie that I know you saw, so maybe you can uh, jump in where you see fit. Judy Bloom Forever. Judy Bloom Forever is a 2023 documentary directed by Davina Part- Pardo yeah, and uh, Leah Walcott. Walshock? Jesus Christ. Leah oh, Walshock. J-Man's in it? No. Molly joke, Ringwald, so. Lena Dunham, Samantha Bee, and, and uh, Anna Conkle. What the fuck did I write that down? Taylor they all Joy. make Appearances, as does the... Wait for it. Uh. I'll wait till you get back. Eponymous. <laughs> <laughs> Judy Bloom. If you don't know Judy Bloom, she's an author, beloved, uh, I guess you would say, uh, teen author, young adult author. Uh, this movie clocks in at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. You can stream it on Prime Video. This is an ex- You saw this, yes? This is an example, Anderson, of a pup piece, but a good example of a pup piece. Yeah, she's uh, one of the talking heads. She is one of the talking heads. I imagine they had a lot of involvement uh, and cooperation uh, from her in the making of the film. That said, I I find her to be an important figure in uh, 20th century literature, uh, at least, you know, not in fine literature, like you would say, but certainly in popular culture. She wrote uh, many impactful books most notably recently at least uh, are you there got it to be margaret which turned into a movie uh, that came out recently and uh, that helped apparently apparently as we learn from a lot of the talking heads uh, helped a lot of young girls through uh, their first uh, menstruation yes i think there was a huge gap and she identified that and filled it quite admirably and that's another word i can't say too well and she helped a whole lot of uh, young girls who we we hear from and some of them are recognizable like molly uh, ringwald and some of them aren't, right? And some of them are just like uh, bloggers or, or mm. writers. And they're, they're all strong females who really responded to what Judy did for them uh, through her writing uh, when they're when they're growing up. And you know, I'm out. I think we take it for granted as, hey, as guys. Turn your headphones off because we don't have to deal with a lot of the menstruation and like the questions you can't ask. And I think the girls we don't have to deal with a lot at all. Well, we do have to deal with a whole lot of menstruation later in life, but not when we're you know sure. in, at that age. And I think uh, it might be harder for for girls to kind of ask some of these questions to you know, especially back then with the Puritan culture that we live in. And I think there's some of the the moms might have you know, had, had a hard time talking to their daughters sure. about it because of uncomfortable. And of course, Judy Bloom was answering a lot of those questions and much to the mis- dismay of a lot of very, very conservative people. Which is funny because Judy Bloom herself comes across, I, I, now she's been married three times, married three times. So I have to imagine she's not 
incredibly easy to get along with. No, all I don't the think time. she's a, uh, an angel by any means. No, but she comes across as very earnest and very sweet and very smart. But to to see her become to see her become not of her own making, but oh, I guess it is. But you know, what I'm saying to see her become a controversial figure, you know, with book yeah. banning and stuff is crazy. Now, this is a, a puff piece, like Brian said, and I definitely identified that. We a lot of the movie is taken up with talking heads of women, some of which we recognize. Uh, some of most of which we don't reading their letters that they had written to her when they were 12 years old. I mean, that's yeah. the, that's what you're getting into. If you're going to sit down and watch this movie, there's a whole lot of that. But that happening. was actually nice though. She kept all those. Yeah. So she kept all of them. She's, she's like a human filing cabinet. And I guess that what they did was in this documentary, she found the ones and found them, went out and found the subjects and gave them their letters. And then they read from their 12 year old selves. Right. Uh, I, I would like to, to see the other side and the man, like, the male like her ex-husband. I would like to see like, what's his fuck to <laughs> a documentary on her. Uh, what is a woman? <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine Matt, Matt Walsh making, cause the conservatives do not like this woman. They right. want to ban her books. They want to, you know, they think that she's stepping out of line by telling young girls what's going on with their bodies. How dare she? Right. But I, I, how dare she say it's okay to have your period? Yeah, at, for t- that's how my dare job. Be there for a whole generation of girls whose parents weren't there. I would, I would like to kind of see her. This sounds wrong, but it'd be interesting to see a counter because this is such a puff piece. And well, that there th- was a little bit of that. Remember, they showed a news clip of her going back and forth on on Crossfire or whatever with. Uh, Isn't that Buchanan? interesting? I think it was Pat Buchanan. It wasn't him. No, it wasn't. <laughs> he used it. to be on Crossfire. Oh, he was. You're right. Oh, it was. Oh, I who but it was. yeah, yeah, sure. There was that, Brian. They showed that, that she does get flack out there, and her books are being banned. And but then it immediately smash cuts to like you know her defending herself in real time as a talking head. I, I yeah, I know there's a, a a documentary that can be made showing this is what a horrible, evil woman this is. This sure. is who's going straight to hell, and she's trying to take I'm as many teen I'm girls as possible. Next, yeah. Uh, it, it's not necessary, but I mean, this is a fluff piece, and there there should be a, some more of a counter to it. Uh, that said, I think she's. I, I'm just talking a lot for the sake of talking, I guess. Uh, it, she's important, and I'm glad that she's there. Uh, it was interesting watching her try and grow with her audience, too, and make uh, older books and all the flack she took for that as she made more mature books. And she said something very poignant and uh, actually wrote it down, and, and it's, it's just the most simple thing, but it's it's absolutely true. And she this is when she was dealing with the backlash, and it's just, it's just this. The more we learn about each other, the better chance we'll have of getting along. And that's just the most simple truth you can tell to a culture or any culture or people. It's like mm. if the more the more you learn about somebody else, the more you'll understand them and the more you'll be able to get along with them. Most all of the friction comes from just misunderstanding, not understanding who you're or yeah, choosing not to understand. Or choosing not to understand. Yeah. She comes across like oh, I love seeing her in her retired years, you know, and living in Key West. She opens a bookstore. She's a local hero out there. It was it was nice. It was yeah, it was it was a fine it was little pleasant. movie. Do you ever read any Judy Bloom? Or I don't read Judy Bloom. Oh, right, if I did, I wouldn't start with Judy Bloom, I don't think. I read the Fudge books. Are you familiar with the Fudge books? People Super like fudge the Fudge and, books, yeah. yeah whatever. They, they alluded that. to them in the documentary. That's how I'm aware of them. Uh, uh. <laughs> I read those. Convenient. This, this is not a movie that I would have ever seen or Flickfest, and if I had seen it, I would not have Flickfested. But here we are. But you did see it, and did Flickfest. I, 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 this is one of the many movies that I will watch with the wife, like on a Friday or Saturday night, because it's what we're gonna watch, right? Is it's the wife, and I don't want to like uh, step on toes. And I'd like to. Uh, I tried to watch the devs with her. That did not go well. Oh, did you continue? 
and we didn't get through like the opening titles. She's like, what are we doing? What are we watching? I'm like, this was recommended. And she's like, and then we just started watching something. I, I make her sound like such a tyrant and she's not. It's just. She has no time for some I, things. I don't like the pressure that I feel when I do pitch something and I have not seen it and I don't know if she'll like it or not. And just each scene is like, I, it's as though I created it. Yeah. And I'm watching it going, oh, fuck. Uh, this is like eight episodes. You got to find a way to sneak that in. I already got eight more episodes of uh, Band of Brothers. I mean, it's a tall order. True. It's a tall order. That yeah. said, in that context, you know, I would never, I would never talk about this movie. Well. You could do a lot worse than this if it's like your Friday night, you know, watch with the wife kind of thing. The wife would probably like it. Huh? The wife would most likely. I like liked this. it. I mean, it was you know three stars. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not worthy of bringing to the attention of the listeners who <laughs> missed it. I disagree. <laughs> it's not worthy of bringing to the attention. When it's up for best uh, documentary, you're going to re- regret. Saying it is it. not going to be up for best documentary, Brian. All right, should we talk about a movie that is a documentary and was quite eye open and enjoyable and helped us understand a, a world that we may not have been able to. It was earlier. almost literally, literally eye opening. The street, the streaming machine, the smashing machine, mm-hmm. 2002 documentary directed by John Hyams. This is his debut <coughs> and it's about uh, MMA legend uh, unknown to me. Uh, Mark Kerr. I did not know much about Mark Kerr or anything about Mark Kerr. 92% of Rotten Tomatoes. I watched this on YouTube yeah, it's the only place it's available right now. It's a fine copy, though. It's like you never know. Sure. I was talking to Travis Berry, who assigned us this earlier today, and I said, you never know uh, when you're going to watch something that's only available on YouTube. Sometimes it's a terrible transfer, and it's like obviously a transfer for VHS, and it's like 4-3, right. and it's got waviness going on. And No, uh, this was acceptable. Yeah, it seemed, it seemed high, high. Some of it was even seemed high def. So. Mark Kerr, the subject, is such an interesting guy. Like He's this MMA legend, right? He's This is the early days of like UFC and pride fighting, and uh, he is... He's a monster. He's humongous. He, he, this is back in the day when you could do well in MMA just by being huge. Yeah. And uh, Mark has a wrestling background, so he's obviously talented in that respect. But he's very soft-spoken. He's almost demure yeah. in certain, at certain times. Uh, he has that Midwestern accent, you know, that Ohio kind of accent. And uh, he's very... Um, Soft. Not what you'd expect yeah. out of an uh, MMA uh, guy. Does not match. In fact, I watched this with my sister who's in town. And uh, I said, uh, Ash, I, I got a, a movie we got to watch. I was assigned. I, you want to watch it with me? She goes, yeah, sure. She always likes, she's always game. Wish she was my wife. Yeah. Go on. So we, we sit down and watch it. And then we're like five minutes in and there's voiceover, right? We're hearing Mark Kurt tell a story on voiceover, but we're seeing the actual, because like, there's incredible access with this movie too. Like sure. the director was right there uh, in backstage. Mark Kerr, like the, he, he shattered Dressing him for rooms. like, seems like a couple yeah. of years. And uh, we hear the voiceover of Mark Kerr, and my sister's like, uh, uh, "Who who is that talking?" And I said, "That's that's him." She's like, "No, that that's not him. That can't be him. Like that right. that's him. That's it the doesn't dude. It match does what not, you're saying. Does not match. This guy is so roided up." And talking to Travis uh, Barry earlier today about it, who assigned it, uh, we were both laughing about how he looks like a character of like uh, from Sin City. Like his face is <laughs> his face has muscles in it. He could be Marv. His. Is that uh, Mickey Rourke? Mickey Rourke. Yeah, he looks like his his chin and his cheeks have like like delta like bul- like bulges. Yeah, yeah. And I'm getting annoyed because we're pretty far into this movie, maybe 30, 40 minutes in. Maybe I, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But there's no talk of roids, and I'm like, am I gonna fucking hate this movie because they're just gonna completely skirt this obvious issue that is the story? Right. And then of course the needle Takes starts a turn, yeah. coming out. 
Uh, yeah, you see him at one point uh, that he endures a controversial decision uh, as as an MMA fighter, and we see it, we follow him backstage, and he starts crying right underneath like a towel, and it's like, oh, this is not what you're go- what you exactly what you're going to expect from uh, him from him a- or this movie. Now, do you remember that movie Transformer? Did you watch that with me about the world's Fuck, strongest yeah, man? Rise of the Beasts. No, Brian. <laughs> about the world's strongest man who I uh, can't remember his name. It was assigned or I don't uh, think I saw this. Garth really? Donovan, uh, let me know. My buddy Garth Donovan, let me know about it. It was a very interesting movie. I think about it still all the time. It's a documentary about. He was at one point the world's strongest man, okay. and uh, he was able to lift, uh, you know, just incredible weight. Okay. And he has, he has like a family, and you're not really sure where it's going. And it turns out he's transitioning. Like oh. he wants to become a woman, and it was very eye opening. Like I, I'll never forget him I talking don't about. I saw this. Changing his voice was actually it, as somebody who's transitioning. Uh, it's the vo- vocal cords that's the the scariest because like. Sure, you can, you know, nip, snip and tuck and do whatever, you know, below the belt, which is a huge, giant deal. And it's like what most of us think of mm-hmm. as the biggest deal. But no one sees that when you're out in public. You know, 99.9% of population will never, well, of the people that you come in contact with, will never see your pants off, right? Really, but everyone really. you talk to will Speak hear your yourself. voice. Everyone you talk to will hear your voice. So that's, a tough boss. that's the big one. I always think about that. <laughs> Anyways, that reminded me a lot of this documentary. This do we mention Travis Barry? Yes, a okay. few times. I want to make sure yeah. we did. Did you, talk, did you talk to him? Oh, my God, yes. We were laughing earlier today about Sin City that I brought up. I know, up. but you, you didn't say like why he likes the movie, why he signed it. Is he a big uh, UFC He's a big fan? supporter of the film vault. He's been uh, listening for years and years since the beginning. And uh, he's like, you know what? I'm finally going to, his words, he said, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I uh, signed these guys something and come on board. So uh, he, he always liked this when he watched it with his wife just to make sure that it was good before he pulled the trigger because wow. he didn't want to say, you know, watch something. and. Uh, because uh, he, had, he hadn't seen it in a while. But yeah, it's... This is a solid, uh, solid uh, recommendation. Yeah, so back to The Smashing Machine. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about what this movie's ultimately about, I think. But steroids and what's fair and cheating definitely it, are a major theme. It goes in what is ultimately an obvious direction while not being obvious. Does that, that make sense? Like, you look back on it, like, of course. But like, at the, in the movie, you're like, oh, well, I guess we're going this way. Yeah. And like they, they do interesting things where like his main rival, they humanize the fuck out of him Mark too. Mark Coleman. And you get to the point where like you're you're don't you're not sure like who you want them to I both win. Be a warrior scenario. Yeah, it, it was very good. It was moving. It was really well done. It's definitely dated because it's 2002. It's an old school documentary, but that's how they used to make them. And that's yeah. this is how we used to consume documentaries regularly. And it's it's fine. Like you learn as much. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles, which we expect now, but you forgive it because it's 2002. Now call me crazy, but the girlfriend seemed like a liability. She's the villain. She's the, the, the biggest villain in the entire movie. Fuck her. And the aside fact from people, the people he actually fights, people like her are still, uh, there's a lot now uh, warning. Like there is, there is a whole lot of like knees to the face type shit. <laughs> there's come as early stuff. That's been uh, since outlawed, you know, over the years yeah. in UFC is uh, celebrated. But what kind of puts everything in perspective is that this is just a nine to five for a lot of these guys. This is the job that they fell into and it's, it's a job and it's, uh, it's brutal and you feel bad that these, that this is what these guys have to do to go to work. It, you know, it's like you hear digging ditches all the time and it should be like, at least I don't have to fight in the MMA because, you know, most of them are not household names. Most of them don't make giant purses that, you know, most, sure. this is the, yeah, maybe, they're making eight grand here, you know, 10 grand there. And it's not giant, not giant persons. They're getting by. And they're not monsters and they're not animals. Like these are like real human beings and like with big hearts. And this guy was so empathetic and, and, and easy to relate to. And 
you just see what he had to do to himself. So yeah. it's it's a good movie. It'll stick with you, and uh, you can see it for free on YouTube. It's called The Smashing Machine. It's a little bit gritty. Gritty is a good word for it, yeah. But it's not like ultra gritty other than no, the violence. No, no, no ultra gritty. Just he's got that unrefined, unvarnished feel to it. No compound fractures, no spiral fractures, none of that no. stuff. But there's a nothing lot of, grotesque. A lot of blood and a lot of knees to the head. That's mm. kind of like the worst part of it, right? Which I don't even notice, unfortunately. Really? I'm so desensitized. Because you've been knee to the head so many times? My sister, you know, was reacting. She was going, eee, jeez. You know, and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that is kind of bad, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yes, really it that kind point. of that. sucks. <laughs> All right, do you have a movie to talk about? I just did. Okay. I mean, I, I could. I could just count. Uh, Should we take a quick break? Yeah, let's take a quick break. I'm confused, Brian. I don't know where we're going now. Be on me over a barrel. But uh, we'll take a break, come back with more movies and other things to watch. After several years, I had no clue about moving on from a life without you. And then one day... Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? <laughs> you get the goofiest game in history, Queen's Podcast. Hi, I'm Nathan. And I'm Katie. And we're the host of Queen's Podcast. Join us while we spill the tea on women from history. We get into all kinds of stories here, like biographies of lesser known figures. For instance, Saida Haltura, powerful pirate queen. To the stories you might already know, like Marie Antoinette or Cleopatra, but with a fun twist. Each queen is paired with a cocktail that'll totally get you in the mood to hear fun, juicy, and dramatic stories from history. Because history is so much more than just dudes on a battlefield, and we believe that the female perspective and roles are just as deserving of their time in the spotlight. Right. So come get to know these queens. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers. Yeah, we're back. Do you want to talk about some bullshit? Yeah, I could uh, I could talk about Atlanta season one, uh, season three and four. I've already talked about season one and two, and uh, I finished the season. I finished the uh, the series, I should say, because it's uh, four series, four uh, seasons worth. Uh, Avery, you can. I know it's been a while since you've seen it, but if you would like to talk uh, yes. about it as well, I know you love it. You so remember three and four it. much yes. better. This was recent. This show is uncompromising. I might have said that in the beginning. You get the sense that he didn't get a whole lot of <coughs> notes from. <coughs> I think it was an FX show uh, originally. Yes. And FX. Now, now, now it's all on Hulu. Hulu, yeah. And. Uh, it's got a flavor to it, and it's not for everyone. I can tell you it was not for my wife, who I watched every episode with until the final two when she finally <laughs> said just the final out. two. Just tapped out? She tapped out. She's like, look, I don't like watching this. It's not my kind of show, and you continue to just watch it with me. And I'm like, all right, fine. We'll stop. Isn't that the definition of marriage? <laughs> watching shows you don't want to watch? I, I mean, you think so. But so, so this is a Donald Glover's uh, um, creation. He and his brother uh, made it. The uh, director uh, deserves some credit for sure. Uh, oh, what's his fucking name? He's is it uh, Hiro Mirai? Hiro Mirai is the uh, the director because this has a different definite 
flavor. Yes. Glover has directed some as well. But I really like the characters and the actors in it. Brian Tyree Henry plays Paperboy or Al. Uh, of course, you got Donald Glover playing Earn. He's not even the lead character in a lot of the episodes. Yeah, especially towards the end. The, the end, the last two seasons got a little it lost its way a little bit for me like some of the first stuff in season three where it was taking itself a little too seriously and following the some of the uh, storylines and earns arc which he kind of became a dick because he got into promotion yeah and then he kind of like fell into like i'm just another guy who's like you know making it in this business and not looking back and walking over people a little yeah. bit which was not a mistake. Zazzy uh, beats as van uh, really started to bug me when they went to Europe and the Netherlands or uh, the, what's the drug place where everyone does drugs. Oh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Thank <laughs> you. Yes. What's the drug place? <laughs> I mean, we got there, right? But uh, Lakeith Stanfield, I wish Lakeith Stanfield's uh, character had its own show or maybe a spinoff. Cause I fucking yeah. love that character. And I love Paperboy too. Those are my two favorite characters. Yeah. Uh, Darius on the show is, is phenomenal. Darius is fantastic. I can watch him and Paperboy hang out. Uh, just That's all I want. Endlessly. Those are the two boys. And at times like Glover and uh, Van got, uh, Earn and Van kind of, you know, mucked things up a little bit. That said, the show is really, really good. It's very, very creative. Are these uh, the final two seasons? Yeah, it's, yes. it's over now. That's why I'm doing this, because I, I do think a lot of people who I listen to this- I didn't know if you were doing two at a time. Would, would really like this series. It's I, very cinematic, the way it's shot, too. It is very cinematic, and it takes chances, and you can you get the sense that he doesn't get a whole lot of notes. Yes. And if he does, I would love to see the things they said no to, because <clears throat> the things they, they do are just completely out in left field. And at times, it does have that twinge of like, uh, absurdity for the sake of absurdity. Yes, like the uh, I think is it the finale of season three where they're in France <laughs> with the Amelie uh, homage. Yes, but I mean that's just an homage, right? Yeah, so, it's, it's, but like the dinner party and all that with the cameo that they have, the celebrity, yeah, cameo. The, the celebrity it's cameo. Very good. And then there'll Speaking be which season three is one of my favorite uh, celebrity cameos. I won't spoil when it happens, but Liam Neeson's. When he's in it, I loved, I thought that was such a great scene. It was very, very good. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of what the fuck moments. And, and most of the time it lands and it's like, wow, that's really, really creative, inventive and fun. And a whole lot of commentary. Some of it's a little bit more on the nose than it needs to be. Yeah, I could see that. But some of it's pretty subtle and some of it's pretty roundabout. And I'd have to sit and kind of digest it afterwards and be like, what yeah. was he trying to say there? And then most of the time I'll come to a conclusion, right or wrong. I'll be like, okay, I... But you can tell the man's a deep thinker. Yeah, and I like season four. They had some that were standalone episodes, like the one about um, reparations. Reparations. Was they, that could have, I came in talking to you about that one after I saw that it. That could have like, been its own thing. It could have been a 90 minute, or could have been a hour movie. movie. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like they could make an entire movie out of that one episode. And it's about a. a it's about reparations happening, like in the not too distant future, where you just find out that, like, you're your uh, 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 ancestors were slave owners and now you owe like all of and, and people owners. can find you yeah. uh, that are their relatives, uh, the slaves. <laughs> and the juxtaposition of like the white guy in the office finding out, and he's a decent guy and he finds out that his- And he's a character actor you've all seen, uh, you've seen a million times. And his ancestors are slaves. And then the woman that comes in to like collect, she just couldn't be more bubbly and happy and just not give a fuck yeah, about she's him. She's ruining his and, life yeah. and just- I don't give a fuck. You owe me. It's and I think he honestly at this point he does Jordan Peele better than Jordan Peele does. Oh, this wow. is what I want Jordan Peele's movies to feel more like. Have in terms more of comedy that. and creative. Well, at least like that. That was was done in the style of horror, and he does that surrealism and that he goes there to those dark places and includes race and 
it just feels like Donald Glover has a better handle on what he's mm-hmm. doing than I think Jordan Peele does at this point. I'm not really sure what, where Jordan Peele's going. I think maybe he needs more reins than Donald Glover maybe gets when maybe. he's making the shows. Maybe, yeah. There is the, you can't help but see the crossover and there are similarities yeah. and they're going for the same thing a lot of the and time. I think honestly, I think Atlanta does it better. It mm. does it. It's, it's got more range. Yeah, for sure. Barring uh, Get Out, I think compared to us and... There's Tupac's funeral. Uh, you get a look at a true life story that happened with lesbian huh? foster moms and what happens yes. there. And that's, that's pulled from an actual story and they just do like a standalone little mini movie about that. <laughs> I love the one they, they do an hour long or a 30 minute episode, whatever a standalone episode about uh, the making of the goofy movie. Yes. That. that one didn't really work for me. I don't really that love one. goofy. Obviously he grew up loving goofy. And I think that was one of the ones where I think for some of the episodes and storylines too, it, you have to be black to fully appreciate that it. might've been that the last was one that I watched. So, with the wife. so funny to me. That might've been the last one that I watched <laughs> with the wife. Uh, she, she went to tap down after the That's goofy right. episode. That was it. And Goofy shows up in other times in the, in the series yeah. too. You just see people wandering around with Goofy hats for yeah. no no apparent reason. Also, uh, looks at child sitcom acting at one point. Oh, that was great. great with that, uh, Lampoon's uh, Tyler Perry and his compound. Really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Michael Jackson gets uh, Lampooned. Yeah. Or I don't even know if it's Lampoon. It's satirical almost. Um, and then uh, Sensory Depth Pools, which is kind of the perfect perfect close, I think. Yeah. So, I, I so what do you think overall? I really liked it. I really liked the characters and they're characters that I will, I will think of not all of them fondly. I really did not like Ern by the time it was all said and done. And yeah, it was I hard for me to separate that. him and his character from the guy whose name you see most often associated like them. Like they, more often than not, the episode ends, you see the director's name real quick. And then you see, you see Donald Glover for like writer or director, producer, executive producer. It just keeps going. Yeah. It's almost like uh it's, it's almost like a joke. Like he's just making sure that everyone knows that he's so behind this. And then yeah. I didn't like his character, but also I think it was kind of, um, you know, cool that he didn't make himself the cool rapper. Cause he could have been Paperboy. He I mean, a been lot paper of boy. him drawing on, uh, cause they listened to Zazzy beats on Mark Maron. A lot of those stories are him drawing on real stories from when he was on tour. Yeah. When he rap when he was rapping in Europe and doing all that. So all of those experiences that Brian Ty, uh, Tyree Henry Hill. Yeah. I was getting confused. Henry. Uh, Henry. His experience Brian. is that he goes. He <laughs> Brian's goes contribution. Henry. Tyree Henry. Hill. Uh, it's it's very interesting because he could have easily just played that character. So he chose somebody else to do I it, which, which I like because that. that's interesting because like that might also take some of the wind out of my sails with some of this just being random for the sake of random. If he's just telling stories that they happen, that's then Brian. What, can that's what in. I heard. At least at least uh, certainly in terms of the. Um, tour stuff, the tour stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised me. He grew up in Atlanta. So a lot of that weird racial stuff you'll see, yeah. certainly the characters where you go, that's the weirdest character I've ever seen. You have to imagine a lot of that comes from some grain of truth. Like, right. that, like that episode where they're looking for a paper boys trying to get, find that, like a, uh, that EP of that dead rapper. And he's doing that, that scavenger hunt, yeah. and those weird characters that it's all, you can tell very much drawn from reality and having gone to college in Atlanta, it gets the, Oh, feel, you did. I didn't know yeah, that. It gets Emory. the field down. Uh, and it's, yeah, there's no place like Atlanta and you get that flavor. It's, it's a weird, I've heard that interesting place and that, that I have no reference. Cause I've never been to Atlanta. Yeah. So St. Louis, I think is the closest I've gotten. No, that's and, not and, true. That can't be true. And it's, it's totally, it's, it's totally its own thing. Never, never been, been to Florida? Florida. I've never been to that part. I've never been to the Northeast. That I mean, is- North, South. I mean, the South, <laughs> south, <laughs> south, north. south, north, Southeast. I've never been to the Southeast. 
but Brian has a quote that he likes to say, which is like, you know, just because it's true doesn't mean you, you know, you have to write it. There might be some of that with this, but I liked the. It's not my quote. It's something along those lines. You always say that. Just the first the, thing I learned in creative uh, writing class. Christ. What was it? Just because it happened doesn't make it good. Doesn't make it good. That's what it was, yeah. Uh, for the most part, I, every now and again, it felt a little um, family guy to me, which is like, I can see that. Odd for the sake of, and, and this is coming from a guy who, you know, wrote and created uh, Talkie from Groupers, which yes. is that mute. But that was based on a guy that I actually came across. So Just like, because it actually is. But that's, it could <laughs> yeah. be the same, you know, yeah. and I could see my, I could see critiques of my crazy zany character in, in Talkie. He wasn't dressed the way that he was. I wanted him to have a specific sure. look, but, uh, you know, so I shouldn't be throwing too many rocks. <laughs> like the, the shoe man was great when they were in the back of that guy's van. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's always this, you know, what's great about the show too is because you don't know where it's going and it does hit on every single genre at one time or yeah. another. You don't know if it's going to turn to like horror or comedy or thrill. romance or drama. Like that shoe or action. Some of it's action. action. And the shoe, the shoe scene that you're talking about, I didn't know if it's going to, I was like on edge. Like, is someone going to get fucked up here? Yeah. And the, the very first scene when I'm, we're doing season three and four, very first scene in season one is a fairly violent gun toting yeah. scene where like it's tense as shit. And I kept waiting for that other shoe to drop. Yeah, for the rest of the series, and it ends up in a sushi restaurant. And it keeps, yeah, it keeps you guessing. Yeah, it does. It, there's a lot of guessing, and you're not going to be right very often. With yeah, Atlanta. which is great. You're never, you're never bored watching the show. You can never just go, okay, this is going to happen. It'll play out this way. I really like this show. Uh, it bugs me that my wife didn't, but uh, reading online and, and catching up for the flick fashion today, which I did a little research because. I parsed them out and it's been a number of months since I've seen uh, season three, episode one. Uh, I, I did read a lot of people who kind of lined up with my wife who were uh, annoyed uh, or didn't <laughs> comments like, you know, it's Emperor's new clothes and, and that, that kind of thing. And I don't think it's fair. I think the uh, the show is revelatory in many ways and, and he is very creative and has a lot to offer. And I, I hope that he's planning on making movies. I, uh, yeah, I hope so too. I'm very curious what he plans on doing yeah, Next, going forward yeah. because he's clearly very talented and has something to say. And I'd be very curious to see him make a feature-length film. What that would what that would be. Here's the best compliment I can give it is like, if you had to describe Atlanta as like something else, what would you say? I don't know. I, the only other comparison I've heard is that it's like Louis, but having seen the show, it, it's. Not really. It's flavors of that where it's absurdist and it's about one guy's life, kind of. But maybe that was true of the first season. But now, I yeah, there's not really anything else like it. Sometimes yeah. it's like The Simpsons. Sometimes it's like it almost feels like an animated show at times. It just it just switches genres. All I think, I think it just, is animated a moment or yeah. two, right? Yeah, it's just its own thing. Like it doesn't shock me that he showed up in the Spider Verse. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's all kind of like melding together, like the Matrix is unfolding, and we're seeing little holes and yeah. pokes of it peeks through the tears in the Matrix. And he, I think he's part of it. I think he might be behind it. But yeah, I, I highly recommend Atlanta to everyone who has similar sensibilities to Avery and I. I can't recommend it to Brian uh, nor my wife. What? Chicago. All okay. right. Yeah, Hill Street Blues, South <laughs> North, North South. So that's Atlanta season uh, three and four, the final. The the final. And, it's, and yeah, it's all it's all done, all streaming on Hulu. So you can watch, uh, binge it at, at your leisure. Could have used some more music too. I, I did like, 
I still I, I love the music. The music choice is great. He picks a lot of underground Atlanta rappers and very deep cuts that sort of since have blown up. Like he had the Migos in season one before they were famous when they were just Atlanta rappers. Okay. So he has a lot of rappers doing cameos and it's very, that's what I like too, is it's a peak at a culture that a lot of people might not have, have experience with. I think it's a very good in-depth look at black culture and rap. If you've never understood that, I think it'll give you some kind of sense of never where that fits in and, Brian's stuck on my travel travel experience. Never been to Florida. He's going to Panama. He's going to fucking South America. He's been to Gruyere, but he's never been to Central Central America. Yeah, we're going to the Gap. Jillian went to a Florida once with her family uh, when she was like nineteen, and it was hot, and she had to sleep on the floor, and she left three days early, and she never wants to go back. So that's that's my. <laughs> I don't Florida. blame her. That's based all on of Florida. Yeah, I, I'll be I'll be going to Florida eventually. I want to go to the Keys. Mm, the keys are Let's sweet. Go check the Keys. The keys are pretty sweet. But yes. Atlanta, there we go. Like it, like it quite a bit. Gonna miss those characters. I know. I'm sorry, throw them out of your life. Gonna miss. When I say more music, I, it's it, I guess it's a choice, and it's kind of funny that like it's all centered around Paperboy being this big famous yes rapper, and all we hear is Paper 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 Boy. We only hear like one verse. I wish yeah, I wish you had more of that. And then they and the the song they had that was that uh, the Dead Rappers release or whatever. The song they had for that was great. For that artist, that was a great song, and you can't find that anywhere. So they really only have had like two rap songs that they made just for the show, but there's not a whole lot of, yeah, that. I, I would agree. The euthanasia episode really upset Julian too, and that kind of came out of fucking left field. There's like there's jump scares and startling moments in broad yeah. daylight that you're not expecting in yes. the show. Like it just you can't define it. That's that's probably the greatest uh, compliment I can give it. It's like you can't. Like if, if this show had to like live in a video store back in the day, it always bothered me that they hadn't broken down by genres. I just, yeah. genres kind of, I get if you're like in a certain mood, but like, where would you put Atlanta? That's what I said I about no Paul. idea. Like, where would you, what, what, I guess comedy just because it's. Cause at times it's, it's funny. At some point in the episode, it will be funny, but. Yeah. But I mean, there's each ep not i should say it, but each season has definite like large chunks of each mm. genre that are well represented and well executed so good stuff that atlanta glad that i saw it and uh, uh yeah brian thank you for helping me out avery Lord the least me. i could do All by uh, speaking of glad that i saw it i i, I caught a uh, henry what Oh, that Henry, your, that was my uh, contribution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, nothing to do with anything. I saw a documentary uh, kind of based on your recommendation. You offhandedly were like, hey, it looks pretty good. It was like, well, I'm actually going to check it out. So that's a good coincidence. I don't think you saw It well, Ain't Over. It ain't works. over. It ain't over. No, the Yogi Berra. I want to see it. It's good. 2023 documentary written and directed by Sean Mullen uh, about... Of course, Yogi Berra features interviews with Billy Crystal, Bob Costas, Vin Scully, Derek Jeter, uh, on and on and on. 98% Ron Tomatoes. Uh, this is in theaters now. Or, yeah, it is still in theaters. Uh, this is a, this, this uh, one best feature documentary at the Boulder Film Festival and the Nantucket Film Festival. And uh, it is... A puff piece, much like the Judy Bloom documentary, but it's well done. It's a good puff piece, and it's illuminating. Like, I don't know what your relationship with baseball, uh, baseball growing up. For me, it was one of the most important things in my like young 10, 11, 12 year old life. I love baseball. Cut out the cards, read all the books. Baseball nut, at least for those you know short short lived years in my youth. And I'm ashamed to admit that 
my perception of Yogi Berra was like, you know, is uh, a Hall of Famer, but like, you know, he, he was an important but maybe secondary figure on some of those great Yankee teams in the 1950s. Did not realize Yogi Berra, three-time MVP of the league. Like, he won MVP award three times for like six consecutive years. He finished in the top four of MVP, MVP voting. The guy was a legit star, a legit like superstar player. And I always thought of him, well, first of all, when I was growing up, I was born in 1978, I only knew Guevara as like a pitch man, right? Like he was selling beer on TV or selling God knows what, Aflac, you know, eventually, what God knows what, it's, whatever. It's how most millennials uh, experience uh, Michael Jordan. Man, maybe in a way. He's just a guy that, like, you know, he has shoes. No. Yeah, I think there's yeah, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's just a guy with eight. Yeah, Dennis Rodman, maybe. You know, there, there's Rodman, examples yeah. of like, oh, this is much better. Uh, Sugar, uh, fucking Mark McGrath. No one... No one these days knows he was a singer. Like, they think he's like uh, the host of Entertainment Tonight or right. whatever show he hosted, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of how I was with Yogi, shamefully. Uh, the guy won 10 World Series and went to 18 All-Star games. Like, he was a legitimate all-time okay, great. Okay, so Brian. You, I'm getting into the Are you getting into Because right now you're just reading the back of his, his card. You got, um, the, you got a Yogi Berra baseball card in front of you. Uh, it's funny because this... You really get the sense that this whole project was spearheaded by his uh, granddaughter. Like the granddaughter appears throughout, and is really she's kind of the advocate for the Yogi Berra legacy, which is. Grandpa, why aren't you in the in the in the all time great living players? And why why isn't there a movie about you? And you get the sense that she probably engineered this whole thing. Right. That said, it's a puff piece, but it's good. It's well done. It's it's a three star movie. It's enjoyable if you like baseball or sports. That this is right up your alley. I didn't realize that Yogi Berra sued Hanna Barbera over Yogi Bear. I saw that in the trailer. And lost on a technicality because yeah. Yogi is not his real name. He, he His name is Lawrence. They, they called him Yogi. Top five nicknames. Because the way he sat, he sat like Yogi. Ah. Uh, you know, cross-legged. Did he? Like, in the dugout? No, when he was catching. Uh, yeah. Oh, he sat cross-legged when he's at least at one sauce. At least one point in his career. There's no way to get to your feet and at throw somebody out stealing. Or, or, or a passed ball. <laughs> you're, you're just going to be you're so late yeah. going after. I think it was actually <laughs> like, like a, a back roll. <laughs> yeah. My guess is it was in practice or some sort of spring training thing. You know what I mean? Not actually yeah. in game competition. Tony Pena was my favorite. Uh, the catcher. Yeah, with the with one the leg, leg out. Oh, yeah, so the leg sweet. out. So goddamn sweet. The worst part of this movie by far was the horrible Lenny Kravitz song at the end mm-hmm. over the end credits. I walked out of the theater with Lenny Kravitz's In and Over Till It's Over stuck in my head. And that was really painful because okay. I don't like that song and I don't no. like his music. Good note. Yeah, okay. but, but but be be that as it may. Be Great. warned. Be warned. That's right. Uh, and walk out of the theater plugging ears. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a fawning look at this guy. Like you know, fucking what's Billy Crystal and Bob Costas gonna say negatively about uh, Yogi Berra? They're gonna wax poetic about yeah. the great Yankee teams. Did they go over all the Yogiisms? Because that's how yeah, I yeah, mainly know yeah, about yeah, Yogi yeah. Berra. Is that's like a the, huge part. And I always thought that he was very very dumb. Like I, my dad used to laugh about how dumb this guy named Yogi Berra was. That's that's the only that knowledge was, that I have. Of, that's a, of him. a theme in the movie is people dismissed him as a dummy when in fact he's a pretty smart. Guy. Pretty smart dude. Yeah. yeah. Or is I mean, that just his granddaughter trying to rewrite history? Well, according to the movie. Can you movie, trust can you trust the yeah. movie? Maybe he was a dimwit, but yeah. uh, he got, you know, the, the people who speak of him in this film uh, say he was smart. So it ain't over till it's over was one of his things yeah. that he said it's, that he it's coined. Probably his greatest known and, uh 
yogis. I've heard it so much that I've never even heard the absurdity in that statement. Like it, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's like, yeah, that, that's foolish. That, but that's I mean, also it's, a theme in the movie is you think about them and it's like, how ridiculous. And you're like, oh yeah, that actually kind of makes weird sense in a way. Well, I mean, cause I think that's what would live on and be entertaining and amusing in this documentary much more than his stats and how many MVPs he had. Like what are some of the better ones that are fresh in your mind from watching this documentary? Ironically, the one later in his life, what he, people were asking him about. So a lot of um, other yogiisms get attributed to him, even though he may not have right, actually said them. It's like the Mendoza line. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Well, I mean, there's like a... a, a I guess it's not the greatest example, but like the Mendoza line is like anything, anyone who bats below 200 because right. Mendoza was right. right at that 200. Right. He, he lives on as, Oh, as that thing. Like Tommy he's John. thought of as like, it's like hitting like Mendoza, right? Tommy sure. John's Tommy surgery John. is yeah. a great example. It's, it's a, a much, much better, better known example, thing yeah. than Tommy John, the pitcher. Right. Um, or things yes. that are attributed because oh, there was a better example that neither one of us are hitting. Like Mark right Twain. Now, but I, know, I know what like you're saying. Every, every, every wacky quote gets attributed to Mark Twain. When in fact, he didn't actually say a lot of those right. things. So they actually, one of his better quotes from later in his life is most of the things I said, I never said. Uh, yes, meaning that a lot of things attributed to me. It's actually kind of genius. So yeah, exactly. What are, what are some other ones though? Okay, so that one's that and one's good. And over till it's over. Um, oh, she put in the spot. Can you think of any, Avery? I I feel like I see him all the time. They pop up on a. Oh yeah, he was he apparently he said, and there's a good one. Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Yeah, that's uh, the one that I've heard before, and I love that one. That's, it would make sense. That's a great one. I mean. Maybe I don't go there anymore. It's too crowded. Yeah. But like, he think that, that's a little, yeah. little vision into his mind, right? Like yeah. he's such a maybe like self-centered narcissist. He just thinks like no one will go yeah. there anymore because I don't go there anymore. No one because, who matters goes there. Or not even that. Like just like I don't go there so everyone else must. It's kind of like trying to. My Carano and I think about this all the time when we're trying to like create shows. Create, like we're, we're doing them for us. And it's like, would anyone else want to watch mm. this? So that's how his mind is working. Like, I, I don't go there, so no one would want to go there. Not, it, it's a form of narcissism. You know what I mean? Okay. Enjoyable. Well, stream three star. One. Apparently attributed to him is uh, it's like deja vu all, all over again. All over again. Yes, that was the Matrix uh, original tagline. Oh, really? No. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, you can observe a lot just by I'm watching. watching. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so some of these are like dim-witted or are they... Or they're genius. Or are they genius? Think about that. Yeah. I'm, All right, stream this when it comes out. This is not a waste of your time. I don't believe I will ever see this. I'll assign it. And oh, you got to watch it all. You saw it in theaters. I did. It's funny that uh, what, what... I guess because the New York audience built in movie they 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 identified a certain segment of the population that still goes to see movies that would like older, to see yogi for sure, bear for sure older a lot of a lot of phones left on did you hear a lot of ringtones <laughs> a lot of ringtones a lot of dings did you hear alerts? the dings <laughs> did you hear any like, who's that yeah. what did he say yeah <laughs> <laughs> there was a few of those all right. Uh, what else do I got? I, you know what? This is a bonus. Uh, I will do this one. Uh, I, I covered this for cinematics uh, a few months back, but I think it's it's worthy of talking about for at least a second here. Uh, it's called A Boy and His Dog. Are you familiar with A Boy and His Dog? A Boy and His 19? Car is the Transformers uh, uh, original concept. Well, that's what they, they said just uh, to boil it down. It's just about a boy in his car. It's just a boy in his car. You love saying that to me. Anderson, it's just about a boy in his car. A, a boy and his dog. Uh, this was uh, directed by L.Q. Jones or written by L.Q. Jones. Which one is it? Anyways, uh, it's 1975, 1975 uh, movie starring a very, very young Don Johnson. 
and uh, it's a boy and his dog, and Don Johnson and his dog, which is a... Uh, well, look at the poster. It says, in the year 2024. 2024, which uh, they'll have you know is after World War Four, Brian. Oh, my. So it's We're post-apocalyptic. Behind. Yeah, we are behind. We get it. If this is going to be prophetic, uh, we, we better have... Uh, Some real conflicts. A couple next, conflicts. Yeah. Big ones coming up. In the next few months. So... What's Jason Robards. It's... Wait, hold on. Where are we? I wasn't sure if I was going to do this one. There it is. What's interesting is you can't watch the first 10 minutes of this movie without thinking, hmm. All right, Fuzzy Butt is like the name of his dog, which there's a lot of... It's good. A lot of uh, uh, just dated kind of like dialogue and humor. But you can't watch the first 10 minutes of this movie without thinking, wait, this is Mad Max, mm. but before Mad Max. Like, I'm furiously looking up Mad Max. When did Mad Max come? Mad Max came out furiously. in 79. Furiously, yes. There, there are, okay, hold on. We'll, we'll get there in a second. The, the movie is about Don Johnson, a very young Don Johnson wandering this uh, barren earth, which was shot out in the Mojave out here with his dog, who he has got like telekinesis with. So he can hear his dog talking. Don't love the dog's voice. The dog's voice bugs me a little bit, but it was a stylistic thing at the time. And it's kind of what was expected, I think. It, it, it was just, uh, you know, he, he sounded like a scholar and I think it was supposed to be funny. A lot of the comedy does not land, but the the boy, the 18-year-old boy's main in this post-apocalyptic world uh, are, his, his main driving force is sex. Always looking for a woman to mate with. Like that's his main driving force. Sure. And the dog helps him sniff out humans. Oh. Or girls in particular. Um, Problematic. He's also looking for food. Helpful. And, and shelter. And it's in those, <laughs> in those, in that order. So it's sex first, food second, shelter third. The dog is a symbiotic relationship. The dog helps him find the girls so that he can ultimately find food that feeds the dog and maybe get him some shelter as well. Screamers are the ones that they're looking out for. Those are the, uh, the humans that live underground. Oh. And early on, they're talking to some, uh, some other uh, waywards that are uh, above ground and there's, they're sitting on something that assembles a car, but it's more of a platform with some wheels on it. I believe a guy is sitting on a toilet that is made into a seat on top of this platform, oh. and he's got like a banjo. And I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, this is the the origin of Mad Max as a movie. Like Mad Max does not exist. Turns out Mad Max doesn't exist without this oh, movie. Oh, was the genesis? George Miller actually uh, called the the writer and, and thanked him. Uh, for you know the inspiration and they're cool. Like they Based on a novel, a Harlan Ellison. Yeah, Har- and then there's a great. Uh, my buddy Eric Holmes turned me on to a great YouTube uh, back and forth with the director of this film and uh, the writer yelling at each other like old men do back and forth. They, they love each other, but it's, it's kind of akin to this. Like you know, a lot of yelling back and forth. Even no, I'm the only one yelling. But yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's uh, yelling forth. <laughs> I'm just, sitting. It's there. just forth. If you like, if you get off on things like that, where you see the germ of an idea from an okay movie that turned into something glorious, I I I can't be the only one who looks at that image of this guy sitting on a toilet on this, and he's using the toilet as a, a it's repurposed as a chair because it's you know you you take what you can get after World War Four right, and it's on That's this true. this makeshift vehicle, and he's sitting there with we a banjo. We all know that Yogi Berra said that. Sitting there with a banjo, and like uh, the guy, you know, the the alpha on this vehicle is talking to Don Johnson, and and you just look at that, and you can't help but think that that's the origin of what George Miller did with Fury Road all these years later, having Iota with a fucking guitar, double neck guitar, and the flamethrowers and the drum circle like off the back of this giant beast of a. To take that one little germ of an idea and then it evolves all these years later, I fucking love that kind of thing. I wow. love it. 
And you'll get a little taste of that with a boy and his dog from 1975. Right. So that's that's my little bonus pick bonus. for this. Uh, Where can one see this? I don't know. Who oh, knows? come on, buddy. I, I don't know. I went mm. in great depth with it uh, on, on our Patreon feed over on Cinematics, which uh, Greg and I do. I'm not plugging that. I'm just saying, like, I, I went deep into it. But uh, I, I, I wanted to bring it to this just because of uh, the origin and I think what it really means to, to movies. Uh, it's on the uh, canopies and the Plutos of the world. Uh, also uh, rentable on Amazon. The worst parts of this movie are the, the corny humor, very, very corny dated humor. And then there is some dog fighting that seems a little too real for my taste. I think they might have just let a couple vicious dogs have at it for some takes, Jesus which I, I did not. I did not. I don't sign off on that shit. Don Johnson. But yeah, it's a it's the scene with the guy on the desk with the wheels. It's a desk with wheels holding uh, an acoustic guitar. I don't even know if it's uh, I think whatever. It's it's just, just to see the early origins of Iota and what George Miller saw when looking at that. What could be what he created all these years later. Not a not not a great movie, uh, but not a bad movie. And it's a movie that I should have seen a whole lot earlier too, because it's uh, it's just one of those movies. A boy and his dog. All right. Seventy five. All right. That's it. That's it. Hey, that's a robust flick fashion. We got some more coming up, yeah? In the uh, bonus episode that we're uh, releasing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll list those at the top of that one because we're going to be doing uh, an, uh, a new intro for that one. I will say, yeah. Oh, God, we're gonna, oh, nice. I'll say stick around for that because we got uh, quite, a, quite a list of uh, movies we're going over. Long, long show this week. One of the best movies I've seen in the film ball era. One of the worst. It's exciting. Very excited. I can't wait for you to talk about the internship. All right. Is that it? That's it. That's uh, that's all we got. All right. Uh, throw it oh, to me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Who's, who's, the, who's the artist? Who's the listener artist this week? Get the fuck out. Uh, notes. No. Suckerfish. Suckerfish is not. I was not, about to say suckerfish. And thank you to Travis Barry for assigning us the smashing machine, which I enjoyed. Uh, uh, Suckerfish over at AndersonBryan.com. More information on them can be found there. AndersonBryan.com, uh, you know that. AndersonBryan the Instagram, AndersonBryan the TikTok, The Film Vaults, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, The Film Vault Podcast. Stick around for the best of, and until next time, we do it for Van Gogh.